This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This month, the Black Dahlia Murder will release their new album, Verminous, via Metal Blade Records. Verminous is the band's most dynamic, rousing, and emotional release to date and achieves this without compromising one iota of heaviness. Purchase your copy now of the Black Dahlia Murders Verminous. Metalblade.com slash TBDM. Once again, metalblade.com slash TBDM. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, hello, friends out there. It is I, your host, Petter Speich. I am always joined by... You can call me Brandon Hahn, you son of a bee. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at your buddy Gooch. And make sure to follow our other two co-hosts not here this week, Jocelyn Sharp, J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N Sharp at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and Sylvia Alvarado at It's the Sylvia on Twitter and Instagram. You guys want to follow me? I am at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter, Rise to Offend Official on Instagram. This week, we get to talk to none other than Chuck Billy from the Mighty Mighty Testament, dude. We are here to talk about their new record, Titans of Creation, which is out right now, guys. So make sure if you haven't picked it up, pick it up. But before we do that, uh, you know what? They all expect it. Let's let's do some Metal Sucks news. Let's hear the new jingle. Now, you haven't heard this yet. Now, I have not heard this jingle yet, all but right, we let's go. go. Let's hear it. Right. What was the end there? Alopecia. Alopecia. <laughs> wow. Okay. For anybody that doesn't know, I have alopecia. God, I wish we had a video thing. You had your alopecia has gotten significantly better than what it used to be. Yes. Yes. It's it's crazy because um, and you used to have a Dallas Cowboy star in your face, like a legitimate. You guys, I'm not kidding you. Yeah. Like you could have taken a marker and traced. A star out of the alopecia on Pete's face. When that star, he was very patriotic. Now, for people that don't know who what alopecia is, so my facial hair, all the hair on my face or whatever like that, patches. Uh, I guess my hair follicles get attacked by my immune system, and uh, it's random. Yeah, they're dirty so, ass hair follicles. So I get these patches of just hair missing all over my face. Now I shave every day, but there's still you can still kind of tell. I feel now right? you got a good beard. You got like a good. I got a good. Beard lumberjack beard you could if you wanted to here's the thing you shave every day it's not like you got a beard now but like for you it mm-hmm. takes like two days and then it's like jesus you look homeless now for me on the other hand it takes like up to a week 10 days i haven't shaved since this whole uh, lockdown has begun and i i have the mustache of a 14 year old indian boy yeah you, know? you you have keanu reeves facial hair yes yes, yes, yes you do yes, yes. it, it kind of oh. It kind of looks. Hey, that made me feel a little bit better. Yeah, I'm hey, just as long as hey, some as long as somebody. How about Keanu Reeves' facial hair in two thousands? Now I feel like his his facial hair is legit. But when he was a uh, when he was a uh, sprouting, he, you're he right. Didn't have, he didn't have the good stuff. You're right because yeah. I do think that Keanu Reeves is the only one that chain can, reaction facial yeah, hair. Yeah, like he's the only one that can lend legitimacy to 
a beer that hasn't come in all the way. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like, a few. Yeah, there's a. I think he's he's really like the only one. Like when Johnny Depp did it, it was like shade that you look stupid. Mm, yes. Because the thing is, when he was Jack Sparrow, that was all makeup. That yeah, wasn't his. Yeah, no, no, Johnny Depp's exactly. You do have the baby face beard, if I may. Now I have the man beard. You're yeah, right. See, God, that makes me feel so. The funny Terrible. thing about the alopecia with the star, every time I went to like a convenience store and got like a soda or gas, people would be like, hey, that's cool, man. Like I did it myself <laughs> all the time. I'm like, I did not put a star in my face. Remember, I just didn't shave this morning. Remember back in the 90s when we would all shave things into the back of our heads? Now it's just for rappers. But it's like back in the day, we would shave like Bart Simpson into our heads mm. and like basketballs into our heads. Now it's... These guys are like next yeah, level. We don't. They're like artists making things out of people's hair. I never did that. I never did that. But I had, people thought you did. No, and that's I, all that matters. Yeah, I had a star. I had I had Hawaii, Hawaii on my sideburn one time. It was pretty good. Just missing. But anyways, <laughs> point is, <laughs> I don't Hawaii. know how we we got here from your new song because you called out my alopecia. Well, right. It's because first there's off, nothing there's nothing better than having a best friend that that always calls out like your biggest mistakes live on air when you're recording. Well, shit. you're such a winner, dude. You know? Come on. <laughs> I have to knock you down every now and then. We I know, know, dude. I, I, I I appreciate we that. all know I, I that i fuck that. up all the time so like if there's anybody who fucks up a lot it's probably me out of the whole the, the whole trio if well it, at the quattro the, if it were between me sylvia jocelyn and then i would say me first jocelyn second and then you and sylvia are like tied for like not doing I, anything dirty or nasty. i do think that i i can handle alopecia the best in the in the bunch How's yes that? i'll take that i'll yeah, take i that. can handle that so hey by the way let's just go back when you mm-hmm. were talking about the band who were you interviewing chuck billy from uh, testament mm-hmm. yes sir now Pete and i we've been close what since we were 15 i'm 40 now you're 39 mm-hmm. uh we pretty much know all of each other's secrets like if you ever got picked up by the fbi i'd be like what are you gonna tell him son of a bitch I wouldn't have you killed, but I would want to know. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing really. There's nothing really there's incriminating. Nothing really incriminating. Yeah, yeah. There. I don't yeah. know why I said FBI, but if mm. it was just kind of like, hey, tell tell us Brandon's deepest darkest secret. You, what? I don't even know if there's anything that's terrible. I think there. that one. I think the worst thing you ever did was kick that guy when he was down at yeah. the uh, cookie jar show that we talked about on the show that yeah. I called you out on. Actually, yeah. now that I think about it, and so. the worst thing you did was not grow in your whole beard. <laughs> No. Out of my uh, controls. Out of of my hands. No, you got to understand. Just to, I I think the Metal Sucks listening audience is fully aware that Pete uh, doesn't get too emotional and he usually makes smart decisions. Smart, well thought out decision. Well, Testament actually was involved in you making one of your worst decisions. Um, Pete, Mm -hmm. Pete had a run in with the law. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Now I see where you're going. Okay, well, and it's funny because it's funny that I would even it's testament funny to, has something to do yeah, with this. It's funny because it's like, why would that even jump into my head? And I'm like, because because you've told me this story, and it's it's one of those stories about you that comes nowhere close to defining you, but it is my favorite story to tell when you come up because it's so great because i could just be like you know he's such a mild mannered dude and then this happened out of all the people on the show i guess your point is and i will explain how testament worked into here because that is that is funny that you brought that up because testament did motivate me to i guess in a way commit a crime um in the moment wow but that sounds very judas priest of you it was it was at a least little it wasn't bit judas suicide yeah. it was a little bit judas priest but <laughs> truth truth be told is that out of all the people that brandon mentioned on the show saying i'm the most mild man i'm the only one that went to jail yeah right, right? and i went to jail 
for eight hours. I've been stopped by the cops. I've been thrown in cop cars, but I haven't. I've never been to jail. Jail. No, I went to jail. Jail. Yeah. And so this was years ago. Well, it wasn't that long ago because it was when Dark Roots of the Earth came out. The day it came out, as a matter of fact, um, I did pick up that CD. And at this time, I was a single guy, and I was going on a first date. And so what ended up happening is that in Las Vegas, in a lot of cities, I'm sure, there's all these kind of scams. They're like these tow truck yard scams where they'll, they'll, they'll take your car and then you have to go and get your car back and then yeah. they'll charge you money. What is, what'll happen is, is though, they'll, we, there will be a sign somewhere. Like yes. You can, you can barely see it in, in some parking lot. Okay. It'll be totally dark. You can't won't see be, it. Yeah. The sign won't be There lit. will be no, you, to you, there's no signage that telling you, you can't park there. And then you park there and then these tow truck scumbags will come in and steal your car. It's a, a total scam. Pretty much exactly what they do. They steal your car and then there's a whole scam where you're like, okay, whatever. So I was on a first date with this uh, lady. She was cool. No, nothing bad to say about her whatsoever. Uh, the point is, is that um, we go to a restaurant that she chose and we both park right directly in front of the restaurant next to each other. Right. And the way the parking lot is, is also off of Las Vegas Boulevard. I know people don't know the whole region, but pretty much any major street, you make a right, there's the restaurant. On the left side, down a, uh, an alleyway, there's another street where if you were kind of going to go away, on that alleyway side, there was a sign that says, visitors' cars with that. It, it, it was real vague. Yeah, it would just say, hey, you know, if you park if here, you, uh, if you don't have the cer- right. Certain cars, yeah, yeah, yeah. Certain cars will get towed if you don't have the right. Again, not on the not, not on the side where people turn in. So we park directly in front of the restaurant, our two cars. We go in there. We do our restaurant thing. We come out. Date's fine. Everything's good. Both of our cars are taken. They're not there anymore. I'm like, what happened? And then sure enough, when we exit, the guy at the door, he's like, yeah, you guys want to know where your cars are at? I'm like, yes. They're like, yeah, they got towed. Here, this cab will take you there. So a, a whole setup, right? It was yeah. the valet guy. The valet guys, yeah, this cab will take you there. I'm like, I'm not getting my cab. Where, yeah, first off, the valet guy needs a nice punch in the face. Anybody at the entrance of that restaurant needs a punch in the face for going, look, did you park over there? Because they're going to take your car. But instead, they're in on the take. So, I, so it has to be. They're in on the take, dude. I, there's no way. This is a scam, right? And so now people can see that I, I'm, I am telling this story, and I know a lot of criminals do this when they do criminal acts, as the victim, right? Being like, it's not my fault. But I'll tell you where it is my it's fault. It's not my fault. I'm I not there yet. That whole family. The, the, fa- <laughs> the <laughs> fact my car was taken and this girl's car was taken, this was not my fault. This was a scam. So I get in it with the valet guy. I'm like, no, dude, that's not how it works. I'm calling the cops. I call the cops. The cops come over there. Lo and behold, the cops come over and they're like, oh, yeah, we know. We know exactly where to take you. We can take you to that uh, place. So the cops yeah. take me and my date. And the cops are fully aware that this yeah. is a scam. The cop even told you this is a scam. True. true. A, a couple months later, just so people know, we have a, a news station that busts these things. And they busted this, uh, this scamming, tow truck yard scamming thing. And all these people sued and got a bunch of money back. I can't, and you guys are about to hear why. So anyway, so the cop, t- the, t- the cop, not the taxi driver, takes me and my date, drives me over to this place. There's this shack, right? All these cars, right? In the dark, no lights. It, it's pretty much just, it's got a fence around it. Yeah, and chain it's got link chain fence, link fence, barbed wire, barbed wire all around it. And so the cop pulls us up. He pulls right up to the front. He goes, yeah, just go in there and they'll, uh, they'll get your car back. So just to go back a couple stories, they said that it's $300 per car, right? My date did not have 
the the money at the time. So it was a kind of a big deal. So I'm like, no worries. I pulled $300 out of a, an ATM at the restaurant that scammed us. I give it to her. And then I was going to use my card. That's where everything gets kind of muffled and I get angry, right? So mind you, the day started at 8. It is now about 1 a.m. Cop drops us off. He rolls away. I walk over to... Um, the shack or whatever like that. And there's a girl in her pajamas. She wakes up like kind of annoyed. She's like, all right, that's $300 per car. I'm like, all right, well, here's $300. I'm going to use my card. And she goes, no, cash only, right? So I give the girl the cash and I'm like, well, you get your car, you'll drive me home and then I'll just get another money out. And the lady behind the counter in the pajamas goes, "Uh, no, if uh, you don't have it right now, when you come back, it's $700 right out of her mouth. Keep in mind, everybody, like this is obviously a scam. Okay. See, listening to this story, my rage is starting to boil. I have my truck's keys in my pocket because my car was towed. Just keep that in mind, right? So I'm like, okay, I give uh, my date the money. I said, hey, I I had a good time, but uh, I'm going to go get my truck. I, I hop over the counter. I walk right to the back of this boneyard of this car. There's this guy. He's like, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing? I walk, I see my truck. I walk right over to my truck. I open up my door. I sit in there. He gets to my window, right? And so I reverse the truck out and I look at the guy and he's sitting there and I'm like, hey man, are are you going to open that gate or I'm going to drive through it? And he goes, I ain't opening that gate. So I turn up my radio, rise up, my testament is blaring in this boneyard. And I said, I'm going to count to three or whatever. Right when the chorus head up on rise up, I drove my truck right through those gates, broke both the gates. The worst part about it. Yeah. (laughs) Give me the news. He said, the worst part about it is that when I ran the gates, now we're going to go back to me leaving my date there, which I'm sure a lot of people just put that in your head. Okay. So I go through the gates. And the chain link fence wraps around my back tire's wheel well, right? So I'm driving down this road, and you just see sparks all over the the ground because I ripped the whole chain link fence. It's like one piece or something like that. I don't know how it is, but it all goes with my tire. So I'm driving. The gates... This is like monster truck shit. Yeah, the gates are busted. You know, my, my, my truck is hurt if i may it wasn't that bad it wasn't as bad as you guys would think and besides it's not like that tr- dude that truck was beat up i think yeah. it had like one hundred and fifty thousand miles at on it that at the time i, I gave it up at three hundred thousand. i love that truck anyways um i had a bumper stickers on it they were irreplaceable so i'm never gonna get rid of that truck the truck's gone now so the point is is that i stole my car back from i people got that stole bu- wait, my wait, car. wait bumper stickers is why you never got rid of that yeah truck. there was there was a couple that i couldn't replace so i'm like yeah I'm and not, they were all faded yeah it doesn't matter <laughs> No. All right, I'm sorry. Go Everybody, ahead. people out there understand. You don't, you don't turn in your car if you get good bumper strokes on it. So the point is, so uh, I'm listening to Dark Roots of Earth all the way home. Rise Up motivated me to bust through the gate. Um, I'm, I'm, a, 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 I'm an aware person, so I realize I just broke the law. But I'm like, right is right. They stole my car. This chick was trying to embelli- embezzle me of more money. If she said, go ahead and get your $300, I would have done that, right? And so at this point, I get out of my truck, I pull over to the side, I take the barbed wire off of my my car, uh, leave that on the side of the road, and then I drive, I call my date, I said, hey, are you okay? And she's like, they're calling the cops. And I'm like, okay, well, that's normal. I go, it's not a big deal. I go, you got your money, just get out of there. And she's like, 
um, they won't give me my keys or whatever, or they won't give me my car. So she's not going to do the same thing. So now I'm, I'm kind of feeling bad because I did abandon this person that I met for the first time there. Uh, regardless, she's like, well, I'll just sit around here and I'll tell the cop what happened. So she did the right thing. She told the cop, look, they took our car, yada, yada, yada. Regardless, as you all know, I destroyed some serious property there when I took my truck back. So, so fucking so. metal. That's uh, that's that's and so uh, no. no. And my favorite part, my favorite part of this whole thing. Right? Okay. Well, I just just real quick, I, I call my friend who's a lawyer. I said, "Hey, this is what I did, and this is his advice." Well, they probably won't care. Don't worry about it. That's what he said. Because I was going to turn myself in the next day, right? Because you still have that honor. You're like, ah, you, you did something. You know, you did something wrong. Let's just go in the cops. He's like, "Don't do that. They got to get after you. They have to call you." No problem. A year and a half later, the cops show up. Uh, at my work asking about me <laughs> yes <laughs> and i'm like i call the yes. cop and i'm like oh dude 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 I'll, i'm going to the station i know what's up so i just go to the station and then i get booked and eight hours later i'm out my and- favorite part though my mm-hmm. favorite part what's your favorite part is uh after you totally abandoned this chick left mm. it with two crackheads yeah and uh that were working at this uh boneyard uh she she like she was talking to you later on and she's like so are we gonna go out again she wanted to go yes. out again yes uh this is true she wanted to go out again you charming motherfucker and i think I, I i i'm pretty sure we did go out like at a second or third date but you gotta understand remember the end of speed when we let's go back to keanu reeves where uh sandra bullock's like they say when you have like these crazy first experiences that it's just not going to pan out the rest of the way i think we had kind of a a crazy first experience where the rest of it was like just boring yeah. like you don't realize how boring i really am it's and very then, rare that you yeah. put me in that situation and then your date and then your date uh went on a date with a dude uh, that uh, got in char- trouble for ramming a boat through a gate so <laughs> no <laughs> so anyways there's the story to the testament because i did uh, crank up rise up before i i crashed through the uh tow truck yard and took my truck back so awesome long story short though because crime does not pay just so you guys know let me let me tell you the, how it all ended up so a year and a half later uh i'm in jail for eight hours i get bailed out right away i am with my current wife so this was like i said years ago it's probably seven years ago and um she doesn't know about this. So this is this is a very bad thing. She's like, what are you doing in jail? And I'm like, well... Here's How long this. were you dating her at this point? I would say about eight, nine months, not quite a year. So it was still new. This was almost grounds well, for her to well, call not, it, man. Yeah, nine months, though... Nine months is yeah. nine months is a good good amount of time though to, to to think that oh I can look past this. When I told her the story, I remember she was like all right with it <laughs> yeah of course you know? but uh yeah you look it up online she said she looked it up online it said destruction of property five thousand dollars or more which dude i'm telling you there's no way i destroyed five thousand dollars worth of property no not there's at no all. way there's no way okay it was two chain link fences that didn't even rip off i just broke a chain in between and then again i took off the top but the point is so did you have to pay five thousand dollars back oh no here's the story here's the story so we go to reno after i'm bailed out me and my lady and of course we live in las vegas but what we do when we travel is we like to go to small towns smaller towns we don't like going to cities we live in a city so we'll go to the smallest nevada town whatever yeah yeah, you know those you know those idaho stank ass cities where the highlight is a mcdonald's that's us that's that's what pete likes to do pete likes to go to to population 300 cities Mm -hmm. and go find their finest finest place where they could get frito pie 
and uh and have at it all day yeah me and my lady love just small town life so we'll go and spend vacations there but um we were on our way up to it was like elko and then we decided to go to reno out here in nevada and so what ended up happening is that it was during march madness r.i.p and uh because there wasn't a march i got that yeah Yeah, i was there yes i was with you (laughs) and uh I was sitting at it, and it's the crazy part. Here's a, here's a true story. I, I don't really like to, the 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 name of the restaurant that I was at where this all occurred. I don't want to say anything because I don't want to. You know, you guys make your own judgment. I was at a casino in Reno. Same name. You guys do the math. I sit at a slot machine watching the March Madness game. It was the Mepper Pill? Mm, it rhymes with that, yeah. Okay. So the point is, is I'm sitting there and some cocktail waitress walks up to me and says, you can't sit here unless you're gambling. So I put $100 in the machine. I hit max bet. Lo and behold, I didn't even look at the machine. And this is a true story. I'm not making this up. And it, max bet was $25 a hand. It was like five card poker, right? And it was $5 a hand. So I hit max bet. I'm like, crap. I hold like three to a royal, boom, I get a royal. It was like $5,000, right? And I was like, wow. And then the crazy part is the cocktail waitress came back. She's like, look, I told you. And I'm like, she tried to kick me out of that chair. So yeah. whatever. <laughs> so we go back home. Yeah, whatever I, flow, keep it moving. I'm like, I'm like, look, dude, I just got this you know, extra five grand or whatever like that. So we go back home. My court date's like that week. We go in there and they're like, okay, you owe us. Uh, like 4100 bucks in damages or something like that. And so I virtually got the free money in that same casino name, go back home, pay my fee, walk away, and I'm like, karma, boom, Didn't done. somebody sideswipe your truck that same trip? Yeah, actually, that's true, too. Okay, yeah, so yeah. So somebody, <laughs> somebody sideswiped the shit out of his truck. Like, I remember showing up, and I go, what the fuck? fuck happened to your vehicle so someone is this death race this is crazy too someone sideswiped my car guys i mean we're we're way off the metal news this week somebody sideswiped my car i go i put the insurance claim for that and they're like we'll just fix it all and they fixed the front of my when i drove through the gate so not only did my truck get fixed totally okay i won whatever i owed for my crime so in essence i only lost eight hours of my life in jail and uh, the tow truck yard got shut down and i could not sue like all the other people and, and get you got my money back. But my date at that time could and did. Okay. I was going to ask so, you, did yeah. she get her money back? I, I, I mean, when I'm, well, yeah, you probably I, I'm not going to talk to her anymore. She, she sent me a text saying, Hey, this is, I'm going to sue and this and that. And then I talked to my lawyer. They're like, yeah, probably not. You can't do that, bro. You, yeah. you did something. You committed a crime. <laughs> You're out of that suing thing. So uh, I just told her, yeah, it's, it's a good, good move. And then I didn't obviously. It's so crazy, dude. You know, it's like, if you really, if, if you told that story, you go, who did that? Peter Brandon, everyone, everyone would, say would say Brandon. Brandon. Everyone yeah. would say me. And it was so, so. So when this happened to you, it was just kind of like, I'm not going to say that I was like happy for you, but God damn it. I was so happy. Like I was so, <laughs> God, I woke up like a nervous and like, dude, dude what did you I, just do? Here's the thing. I got to, I got to call. You called me at like seven o'clock in the morning. And I was yeah. like, which by the way is not the hour I get up. No, so it was not, like, not what? What? and then dude, you, you go, dude, I got to tell you something. And bro, we're talking within 10 seconds of you of you telling me the story i mean i was wide awake and then i couldn't go back to bed because i was so stoked it was like you know that feeling like when a father uh holds his child for the first time i can only i can i can liken it to that because i don't have a child so 
<laughs> so guys, you know, sometimes when uh, criminal things happen to you, learn from my mistake and just kind of don't don't learn from karma because it all worked out for me in that way. Um, but learn from my mistake. Just take it and then walk away. Um, I stole my truck back. Was a big hassle for me, but it all kind of worked out in my favor. Next time, work. set um, fire to the restaurant you're at. But, you know. After hours. I'll tell you this right now. When a band wants to put out a record as fierce as Dark Roots of the Earth like Testament fucking did, that should be expected because that's when that shit happened. What? And- a segue yeah and with that let's see what i'm gonna do when i hear titans of creation for a week let's get into my interview with chuck billy everybody what's going on it's petter metal sucks podcast on the phone i got chuck billy from testament and we are here to talk about titans of creation it is out right now guys chuck let's jump right into the record i know a lot's been going on into your world but i really want to discuss the album because you guys really uh did a great yeah. job and it's it was recorded in a comfortable environment this record right it was recorded at, i believe yeah. in the home studio tell me about that well both of us i mean we did a lot of the, the making of it working on it at home but we recorded it all in uh trident studios down in martinez uh, not too far from where we live um but yeah the process was just you know, I think maybe going into this record, our headspace, we came right out of the Slayer farewell tour, nothing booked, you know, ready to go. We knew going in, we wanted to write something a little more thrashier, you know, and um, just went at it. You know, we didn't actually write completed songs except for like Children of the Next Level we wrote was the first one. Um, the rest of them were a lot of just different riffs that was kind of coming up with. And um, a lot of them just kind of started having their own identities and feeling and flavor, you know. So the record kind of went from that first Children of the Next Level, which to me could have been really off of, you know, continued off of Brotherhood of the Snake, you know. Um, you know, so that the process just was definitely much more comfortable. Um, you know, I think it was the headspace too, you know, doing the tumor writing, writing the record. Absolutely. Now you brought up Children Next Level. You guys did just release an animated video for that song. Um, tell, yeah. me, tell me the concept because I love the video. I love the animation. It was great. I know it, it very much has to do with the Heaven's Gate stuff, but tell me the concept behind how much you guys gave the artist or was it just kind of uh, a full creation? Um, well, he, we, I, we talked to him. I talked to him, gave him the lyrics, spoke to him about some visual tips, what I've kind of seen, you know, writing it. You know, and, you know, we chose to do this because we actually just didn't have time to shoot a real, like, you know, live performance video. So we decided to do this because I thought maybe that Heaven's Gate story would make a real cool animated story. And they could use some cool effects, you know, be just animated with the story. Um, and, the, and, you know, it, it's it's a long song for an animated song, too, you know took uh, like four months to make this thing but it was it was fun to do you know it's the whole story of heaven's gate and you know them waiting 39 people who took their life expecting uh, the comet bebop to come out and take them off to a new level of life you know um so i thought it'd make a real real cool visual as far as the animation goes and when when we talk about the Heaven's Gate story, for people that don't know, that's the Jim Jones thing. You guys can do your research, but pretty much, like you said, thirty nine people took their lives. When people say "Don't drink the Kool Aid," this is what they're referencing. Um, 
just as a human being, man, do you think that all of us can get to that certain level if we have faith in someone else to that point? Do you think that's a, that's a common, I guess, thought that a lot of us have that we can put full faith into another person like that? It's such a trippy thing. I mean, I mean, if you have a belief in something for so long and such passion, I guess anybody could believe in it and follow, I guess, you know, but you know, it just blows my mind that, you know, just that whole thing that a comet's going to come down and they're going to board it and to go off to a new world. It's just, you know, kind of crazy when you just think about that, <laughs> you know, for them to believe that alone, not, not something, something simple, but, you know, from the outside looking in, you're right. There is, there is just. It seems like mass insanity almost. But I guess that yeah. that's kind of relatable for a lot of people to be like, well, we. There's a point where we can all start believing something to a you know an extent like that. I do want to. I do want to talk about on the record. You just ended told me that you guys did, you know, the the tour with Slayer, the final tour. You guys did a couple legs of that. But World War Three, one of my favorite songs on the record. You do have a lyric that says "Forever Raining Blood." Was that a direct? correlation to the legacy of slayer for you guys uh pretty much it it, 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 the timing was perfect when i first it was one of the first kind of things i threw out there as i was mumbling my way writing it and that kind of stuck you know now i gotta tell you so 13 records in i mean you got memories of all the records all the years 30 plus years, almost 35 years as a band testament. You guys are one of the most consistent bands for all those 13 records you guys have put out. Every single one I'm a huge fan of. Which one do you feel that you stepped out of the box the most and took the most risks with in the last 13 albums? Well, it's got to be this one as far as if it's going to be stepping out of the box. Mm -hmm. This record for me was definitely stuff that was a little bit out of my comfort zone. Um, And just the way it came to creation just because in the past when me and Eric write, and we've been writing a long time and I would most of the time challenge his riff because when he writes something, he'll, he'll think this is the verse, this is the bridge, this is the chorus, you know, he'll have his own thoughts on it. But when I hear it, sometimes I'll go, well, wait a minute. I like that chorus riff should be extended and be the verse riff and now move riffs around and make it comfortable for me. And, and, and this time, I didn't challenge any of the riffs. I took a lot of it because a lot of it had started having these different flavors and feelings and moods. So it really pushed me out of the comfort zone as far as just something natural coming off to, like, let's say, give me a, a knee, you know, some chugging a knee. You know, I can come off and start building off that. But he chose some different chord progressions that was a little uncomfortable but it really challenged me and i think it just maybe for me helped improve maybe part of the songs and the the just the delivery of them you know um in that sense you know yeah absolutely now i gotta tell you so you you and eric produce i believe the majority of the records i know since 2008 you guys have done all I know Andy Sneap was uh, Dark Roots of the Earth, if I'm not mistaken, but he also worked on this one as a mixer. Um, 
So when you are in the producer chair, do you prefer, because there's a lot of guys that like to tour more, do you prefer the studio over touring, or do you like to tour more than be? No, I like touring. Yeah. Touring's when you can like breathe. Writing a record, creating a record, recording it, mixing it, it's such a long process, and just when it's done, it's like having birth. <laughs> it's like, you know, you know, because you're all in in that process, you know, trying to create it, write it, record it, mix it, and you're in the, you're all in. And then, like for me, once I'm got the final mixes and it's done, and we're okay, it's delivered. Now, I kind of stay away from it for a minute, probably until it's time to go on tour or you know revisit and play some of them songs. So I kind of get away from it for a minute, you know. I'm kind of in that stage right now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, let's talk about it, because I know the tours are all canceled. The next one you are planning to do is in September because uh, of the current situation. But what songs are you chomping at the bit to play live off of this record right now? Um, quite a bit. I mean, I, I, I we on the last tour that Bay Strikes Back, we did uh, Night of the Witch, for the whole tour and Eric slayed his part on it. But when we released, I think March 6th uh, in London was when children of the next level came out and we started playing that. And that one was really fun and came together quick. And that's a real good live song, but I don't know. I mean, there's a, you know, until you get in rehearse the songs live, that's when, when you'll know, because the record, you'll go, yeah, that sounds good. Let's play that. And sometimes you get in there and you go, you know, that just really didn't hit me the way it does on the record, you know. So until we get into rehearsals, but I'm sure there's a lot. I know Eric's already throwing out. World War Three is probably mm. definitely one of them that will be in there. Um, I don't know. There's so many. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, World War Three and False Prophet, those are the two that I'm, I'm thinking. The songs you yeah. mentioned, for sure. But those two, I think, are going to be just another great, session to the live and i know we're taking a, a break for that as as a community as fans and as bands you know and so the excitement it just kind of builds up a little bit more now but normally like relaxation and meditation time i did some research and i see that you like to actually go on the golf course man not competitively yeah. right you just like to put the no 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 and have fun just just to get get my head together get to be alone i like being out and you know get the grass and just it's peaceful, you know, I got my music and, uh, you know, and just really just kind of take my time. Yeah. Now, do you, uh, challenge maybe yourself or is it just kind of like, I'm just going to do my thing and, and you don't really care when you're, when you're playing the golf? I challenge myself. So, you know, I have a friend I sometimes golf with, but most of the time it's by myself. And, and I, cause I don't really keep score. Sometimes I do, but I, most of the time I don't. And I play the same course. So it's like, I know each hole and, how I played it last time and I just go out there and just play for fun until we get a group of people together. Then, then they keep score and then, then it's on. <laughs> <laughs> when did you get into this? Uh, at what stage do you think in your life? Did you finally say, you know, I'm going to go. Well, I, I golfed when I was a kid, mm -hmm. you know, when I was, uh, we called at the local golf course in San Ramon when I was, you know, 13, 14, 15, you know, we always played pretty much every sport, you know, from, Dude, everything you know yeah. nice dude yeah so that's something i haven't gotten into yet but every, every time i see it i'm like this is something but i don't want to do it competitively like i go to the gym 
so I can listen to my music and be left alone. And now like, that's what I want to, that's what I want to do. Like outdoors, but I'm not a hiker. I'm sorry. I don't know if you do have to hike. That's what I do. Just hire my music, my, you know, and where I go, because I'm a member there, you don't, you use an app. So I I look at where there's nobody golfing and I book my time there and there's nobody there. So I can tee off and just go and slow down and take my time and just, you know, burn some herb, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, and that, that's what I dig about it. So you're also into boating. Is that correct? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We live on the water out here in Discovery Bay, Nice, basically a water community. So just most of the time, you know, especially now that we're kind of contained, at least we have to be able to get on the boat and go just me and my wife and go get out, enjoy some of the sun. This is, yes, and for everybody, I mean, you've done many interviews, so I know people know that the you guys did get the, the coronavirus scare, but you guys did actually get that um, a positive yeah, result. Yeah, we tested positive, yeah. And now, what is the fear that you have currently of like assimilating back into public because you know that you did actually have it? Is there a point where you know you're good? Well, no, and that's the that's the tough thing, you know. I mean, when we got tested and got the results, of course, CDC called us, you know, twice, and our personal doctors, Kaiser, called us. You know, they come checking on you, how you're doing, how you're feeling. They get all your info information. But, you know, we've been quarantined down from when we got home because we weren't ill when we were in Europe. It's not until, I think, the day we landed on the 12th, my wife started feeling bad kind of that night and maybe the next day. And by Saturday morning, I was feeling bad, you know, and we kind of assumed. And then our group email chain, other people were starting to feel sick. And then... uh and then everybody kind of had the same symptoms. So that's kind of why I was like, oh, great, you know, let's let's be proactive and call the doctors and see about getting tested. But there's like nothing they can do until you have symptoms, mm. you know. And so we, once, two days later, once we felt like shit, that's when we, they finally sent us in to get tested through the drive through and that's what's I hear it's happening in a lot of places is, is that they're just doing a drive through a quick swab, right? And then your results come back and um Yeah. A swab through your throat and then both both nostrils, you know, and that swab feels like it's scraping your brain. It's like it's so annoying. Man. And so yeah, that's the thing is we don't know right now. And that's a that's a that's you know, we can only learn by listening, I guess, to, to the proper things to do. But, yeah, for most people. Yeah, we're staying in, you know yeah. I mean? Because I, I know we're not 100%. We still are sometimes lingering, you know. But we're still going to stay quarantined, you know, stay in as much as we can, as long as we can. Yeah. No, that's, I, think that's, I think it's great that we have that opportunity now, though, you know, without repercussion. And you were mentioning you flew back from Europe. So you, I would assume that you would think you were jet lagged or something. So it would take a minute yeah. for you to even come to it. Now, obviously a lot of the people on the tour uh, have tested positive as we're seeing in the metal news uh, here and there. But um, yeah. that, I guess as, as, a, as a, to, to deal with it in your community together, is that helpful because you're both, le- everybody's learning things as they go, obviously knock on wood, everybody yeah. is good. And survives. yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think all of us in our, you know, the the tour that we did, everybody kind of 
was in communication with each other, how we're feeling, what were the symptoms, just kind of, you know, without even being tested, figure out that, you know, you're probably sick. You have the, what we tested positive is the same stuff that you're feeling. Um, it's definitely for the support, you know, but also for the knowledge because it's so new and you don't know. And, and if you know somebody who has it and you can, you know, inquire about, you know, the feelings or how long, because there's no answer for anything. I mean, as much as we, you know, they didn't give us any medication. Just We just kind of wrote it out and are getting better. But, you know, they said, you know, we could probably go out with masks, but it's like, how do we know we're not still contagious or, you know, so I guess we don't, so let's just stay in, <laughs> you know? Absolutely, man. Yeah, and that's the thing is that a lot of people don't realize is that, like, what, what Chuck's saying is that from a healthcare professional, they're not giving people direct protocol or result. They're, they're learning as you guys are sick. Yeah. And, and that, and our question was, can we get it again? And they're like, well, we just don't know, you know, we don't have any cases or data for that yet. Now, do you think this is going to be, you know, just, this is us just talking. We don't know anything for facts, obviously. Do you think this is just something we're going to have to live with as a global nation? Now we're going to have to deal with this kind of once a year or so. I hope not. You know, um, it's kind of strange the way this began and where it's evolved to that, you know, I don't know. Things, something else could just be the, do the same, you know, this could happen again. So, I mean, I think maybe people that are practicing distance, social distancing when this is done, I think we might even still practice that a little more and be a little more conscious of that. Yeah, I do have that kind of, I don't know, I have that fear that that, but that might affect all our, uh, a lot of things we do in our lives, you know, if you go to the, to the hockey game and everybody's got the masks on, I wonder if there's just like a, a not, like it's going to make us uncomfortable. I, this is what I think, um, if we don't, cause we, we have a group mentality. If someone's participating in a different way, we're not as comfortable, you know? And I feel like yeah. either we're all in together as as, and I'm, as us nonconformists talk, either we're all in together or we're going to be kind of apart again. And that's that's the strange thing of it all. So, I mean, but all that will change. And I'm a positive person and I truly feel this. All that will change when we get the answers. Right now, we just don't have any. Um, yeah, we just don't have them. I mean, they're trying everything. I haven't seen today on the news training dogs and then they're going to be trained within, I think, six weeks of dogs being able to smell you and know if you're sick or not. Wow. You know, so, I mean, just, I guess as far as airport and people traveling, coming in, that's, that'd be kind of a nice thing, yeah. you know, to be preventative, you know. Absolutely. Now, speaking of dogs, I know when you uh, beat cancer, you got some Dotsons, right? Yeah. Tell me about, I have a, yeah. I have a, I have a, a chow Dotson mix. That's what I have. Nice. Yeah, it's very, very. He lo- he looks like a Dotson, but he's got a Chow head and, and face, so he's he's pretty cool. <laughs> nice. His name is Henry Rollins, everybody, and he looks just like him. So the point is, nice. <laughs> um, you got the Dotsons after you beat cancer, and you didn't have dogs before that in your entire life. Tell tell me about. Do you love the dogs now? Or are they are they necessary? Well, we had dogs growing up, oh, but but these, you know, most of those were shepherds or bigger dogs that were more outdoor dogs. Never had a small dog. Um, but you know, we went just to, well, it started because one of our crew guys back in the early eighties, 
used to bring his dachshund on tour, and that's kind of where we were introduced to them and just seeing how cool they were. And I said, if we're going to get into dogs, we're going to get one of those. And after, you know, looking into it and finding that they had a miniature breed of them, we decided that's what we were going to do. We went in for one and left the place with two. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're just a great breed, you know. Um, we ended up having four over the time period. Two passed away in the last couple of years, but, you know, we had four at one point. Now, you, you beat cancer at that time. You got some Dotsons. You just... Let's just say beat the coronavirus. I'm a, I'm a positive person. Are you thinking about getting a new dog? We are. You are. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that because, you know, we like I said, we lost two last year, and it was nice having the four. We're thinking maybe just get two more. Mm. You know, but we're kind of contained, but we're just kind of maybe talking to people online. But I think that's in the near future, especially it's a good time if we have to stay home and we're not going to be touring for a little bit. And if I may recommend, I know you're a Dotson fan. If you like the, they call them the ankle biters. I'm a little dog guy. I love them. Um, and I have one silky terrier as well. He's horrible though. I ha- but the Pomeranians, man, I know that sounds whatever, but they're, they're the sweetest dogs ever. If you can get a mini Pomeranian, Chuck, like one of those, the black haired ones, if you can get one of those, they'll change your world. I'm telling you right now. So, <laughs> that's, nice. but yeah, nice. gotta get that. That's what I think. Gotta get, uh, gotta get the dog after the, uh, the beating something strong just to have a little more life in the house, which is cool, yeah, funny to say that because we're talking about that. So yeah, <laughs> nice dude. So one thing that I love dude, that I'm a big fan of, I don't know if you guys are, but the anniversary tours for records and you guys have so many classic records to me and a lot of fans at this point, if you had to just choose one record out of the entire Testament catalog to play from start to finish for the fans, which one would you want to play? Well, we've done that in the past, mm-hmm. so, you know, the old ones were fun to do. I would probably say, um, well, we did The Gathering, mm-hmm. we've done The New Order, we did The Legacy. Um, I mean, the newer eras would be good and fun to do, but I mean, as far as an old classic, I think something like Practice What You Preach, there was some cool stuff would probably tune it down different these days and play it. So it'd have a different impact. Dude. Nice. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. I'm a huge fan of low too. low. Low. I always feel like, uh, it doesn't get the, uh, credit it deserves. It was, it's a really important. Yeah. Record. Low would be a good one as well. That's uh, yeah, it was just, that was just kind of, you know, I overlook it because that was our last record with Atlantic records. Mm-hmm. And we are moving on to different things and just our whole world changed. So, kind of do overlook that record yeah fans don't though you guys if you haven't make sure you check out low it's it's excellent so with that man i just want to thank you so much uh chuck i want to tell everybody one more time titans of creation it is out right now guys make sure you're picking up your copy uh amazon delivered mine today so it's not on any kind of delay they're doing they're doing their job right on time which we were scared that we we're gonna get our records late but we're not so that's a good thing. Awesome. And uh, with that, man, tours, as we mentioned, you guys, what is the plan? The plan, just so we can reiterate, is September, you're still going to try to book a tour? Well, we're still building a tour and rescheduling, but it's still in the works. Hopefully we can get it together here and announce something soon. Mm. Um, that'd be awesome. Yeah, just, you know, it's we're, we're living in a weird time right now and putting out a record, definitely in, a, in an odd time. It feels strange, but 
you know, we got some cool stuff going. You can find Action Children, the next level, the video we released today, mm-hmm. an animated video we did. It's a lot of fun. So check that out. Now, when you're building the tour, that's what I was going to ask. Is is it going to, you think you're going to still be able to, the Black Dahlia Murder, Municipal Waste, the tour that you guys did have kind of booked together with the same band? Well, that might that might make its way into 2021 because mm-hmm. um, we were working on a second tour um, in September that, that's still in that that we want to announce, Sweet. and I think it. I think people are going to be just as pleased with the new tour. Oh, I I have no doubt. So with that, I want I want to hope everybody heals a hundred percent. All your friend, all your family, everybody out there that's dealing with this right now. I'm so happy that you're doing well. Your wife's doing well. Your bandmates, to my knowledge, everybody is doing well. I know that Steve got diagnosed yeah. as well, but he's still doing. He's doing better, correct? He's doing okay. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. He's feeling much better. He's, uh, wrote us, I think, yesterday and the day before. He got to cut the lawn, but he's feeling better. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And then Will Carroll from Death Angel. He is obviously he wrote out on his Instagram, and, and everybody yep. knows that he's out of the coma and he's got a little ways to go. But we're all cheering yep. for him, and so yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's great news. And all the all the crew members that don't get the press, they're all doing okay as well. That were diagnosed. They're all doing good. We have one guy that's stuck over in Europe. You know, he's sick, but he, I mean, I'm sure he can't get home for quite a, some time. So, you know, he's probably down at the worst because it's, when you're sick, you want to be home, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. So hopefully, you know, if there's anything us fans can do for him or anybody, you know, if there's a anything, because being stuck, that's even worse because there's no money, no hotel rooms you can't stay in. I don't even, I don't even know that situation, but we're really hoping – Everybody comes out clean and everything's good and really hoping everybody's coming out there and uh, picking up this New Testament record. It's exactly what we need right now. It's perfect thrash record. Great job, man. I really appreciate it. So with that, Chuck, I got to tell you, man, thank you so much for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Right on. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. And thanks for supporting the record.
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
All right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard, both off of the new record, Titans of Creation, which is out right now. First song is called Children of the Next. Make sure you check out that animated video. I think they did a fantastic job. It's really cool. Next song you heard, guys, Night of the Witch, both off the new record, Titans of Creation by Testament. Make sure you guys are picking that up. Third song you heard is from a band called Wolf Hearts. That song is called Hail of Steel. And their, their new album, Wolves of Karelia, is out April 10th, which is Friday, guys. They were one of the bands that were on the Devastation of the Nation tour. I believe it's getting rescheduled for next year. But just in case you guys know, um, they will be doing a virtual gig. You just got to go pick up a ticket to that. So go over to Indiegogo.com, search Wolfheart, or go to all their socials and check it out. But yeah, it's a really good package where you'll get to see a virtual gig from this band. This band kicks ass, dude. So make sure you guys check that out. Support them during this this time we're all quarantined and and get a, a good show out of them for sure. With that, guys, I want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews we keep getting on iTunes. You guys are the best. That's all we ask for, nothing else. Just that five-star review on the good old iTunes. Your fans, our fans could kick the shit out of any other fans. Believe that. Even Raider Nation. I think uh, Raider Nation is coming here to Vegas. So I'll put the Metal Sucks fan up against the Raider Nation fans, and I'll sit back and I'll watch that violence, and I will pull for the Metal Sucks mm. fans. What side would you be on? Metal Sucks fans. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah, okay. yeah. Come on, I have a vested interest in the Metal Sucks fans. <laughs> this is true. He's yes. right. I'd be on your side, too. Yes. I, I might have just got us a four-star review. Six of you follow me on Twitter. Uh, so with that, guys, also want to thank everybody for checking out our other podcast, Rise to Offend. It's on pause right now during our quarantine. It's a little hard for us to do the research. We're going to try to get it back up as we go. But make sure, guys, we've got over a 100 episodes of great documentaries all the way through from movies like Cruising, Peter Steele, Wendy O. Williams, Gigi Allen, anybody you guys are interesting, the film Kids, you know, uh, and even uh, historical topics and people like Steve Biko. So make sure you guys are checking out that other podcast. Five-star reviews on that as well. And with that, my friends out there, I'm sorry for uh, you knowing my criminal past, just in case. I know that might be scary for you. Oh, but let that hate flow through you. Until next week, my friends. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. <laughs>